last, <laughs> the last reader is obviously your very own Angela Pitsulaski. I'm sorry, I mean her name, her last name is so hard. Um, so if you don't already know, she's a se she's a senior. She's a double major in um, English concentration in creative writing and political science and concentration in American government. And an interesting thing about her is when she leaves, she wants to move to New York. Hello. <laughs> wow, I've been to a lot of readings where I'm sitting there and not here. So I want to thank the English department. You guys are the best. Can we get a round of applause to the English department? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was really thinking about not doing that, and I was like, I have to. <laughs> um, my first poem is about, it's a poem Professor Barry made me write in his advanced, or his workshop. And he said, write about an old article of clothing in your closet that you used to love, but for some reason or another, it just sits there. You don't wear it anymore. So I wrote this poem. It's called Chainmail. The hoodie perched in my closet knows the cold of school days when icy hallway eyes nipped at my face. Her metallic gold letters shielded my left side, melting stairs downward as they tried to read. Now she's filed between packaged prom dresses, crafted for expiration after the first flash. Chiffon over the tool that scored my legs when I sat at the dinner table for too long. When you look at her back, connect the pills. Find handprints, backpack straps, and maybe Orion. Read the letters that are now bronze-tinted plastic, crusted over purple fabric, the tombstone of my middle school self. Look for graphite outlines on the sleeves' wrists, the silhouette of water washing onto shore, made from sweeping over freshly written words. Listen to the sound of the zipper emulate a hundred papers I ripped in frustration. She's the bravery I wished for when I was 12, 14, and 20. This next one is an instructional poem. And it taught me that if you're going to buy goldfish, you should buy a filter. <laughs> it's called How to Dispose of Your Dead Goldfish. <clears throat> Leave the room where the body floats like a shedding petal from a cherry tree. Hide in the bathroom with your best friend as you decide what to do. He's the Medusa's head. Don't look in his eyes or the water around him. Pretend you never saw his murky pupils and sloughed skin. Walk into the room backwards while her screaming voice blurs your internal map. Be brave, now be braver, you're alone. Net the carcass in your hand and forget his name Run your thumb along his inflated side, but don't press down. 
His ribbon guts might pop out on your black linen trousers. Balance him on your fingertips while looking up to the sky. Find your way using peripheral vision. Pretend down doesn't exist. Three bodies collect in the bathroom. Now build a wall of fingers between him and your best friend. Listen to her sigh as he slips like a marble down a chute towards his last tank. Take your friend by the hand into the living room and drink until the posters on the walls are white. Okay. This next one is also a prompt by Presser Berry. All of these poems were basically supervised by Presser Berry. <laughs> and he said, write about something in your life that you have a memory attached to, like an, art, like an object from your childhood, and that you may have a positive or a negative memory attached to. And this one was negative, because I really hated brushing my hair, and I would end up with these big knots, and they were just awful. And it's called The Green Comb. Oh, and for context, I lived in Greece for about seven years of my life, so the poem is set in Greece. The Green Comb. My mother sets me free when I run in Greek air or when I try on my big sister's clothes. She smiles a black and white smile. But now she is behind my back, untangling the knots that transform lines into curves and question marks. Sit up straight, my mouth is shut. Straight teeth bite into patches of matted hair. I yelp and shriek as my mom robs me of my knots. They are mine, I made them. Badges and ribbons for my hard play. Surprise trophies handed to me through my adventures. I crawl between static branches in blanket tunnels as I tumble away from clawed pillowcase hand. My hair lumps together like a tight hug. I make bike tires buzz and the wind snatches my hair back like a bad friend. Mother Nature's tied these knots yesterday. They want to grow with me. My birth mother chops through laced hair and I feel myself getting smaller. But at the end of the tears and thoughts of how much dirt tumbles through wired hair, I know I'll get a bow. Okay. So this next one, you guys don't have these here in America, but in Greece there's like these butcheries and they just have dead meat hanging in the window, everywhere. It's like the bigger the dead meat in the window, like the more, I guess, people want to buy dead meat. I don't know what the logic behind that is, but uh, the poem was inspired by me visiting these butcheries. It's called, Who Holds the Knife? Fingers fill the gap between pig ribs. The cleaver smacks the wood block as the butcher's son lays his hand against bone when he chops. But instead of a knife, I hear gunshots from the man dressed in black in an old Western film who only took nine steps. The big hat falls from his head. Glass words shatter with the shot. I feel the blood from my chest pooling at my feet, rising to my knees and around me, the dismembered cow tongues, pig ears and lamb feet float in the butchery while the slayer and his son cackle with sharpened teeth. I open my eyes, ringing at the bottom of my shirt. 
as I walk towards braided, muscled bodies, skinless and suspended behind the glass. Steadily, I exhale the ice and blood around me. I look at the bare lamb's face and think, did it know that the hand that feeds it slits its throat? And I wonder if the sets of hands that hold me up today will dismember me tomorrow and then tightly clasp each other as they watch me bleed out. Okay. Um, so this one is based on a pet canary that I used to have that I saved um, in a dramatic turn of events of me saving a canary. <laughs> um, it's called The Domestic Canary. His eyes are dark slits surrounded by minuscule feathers, birdie eyelashes. His chest puffs in and out like a fireplace bellows as you rest your thumb on his wings. Your eyes are now sealed envelopes. Within them, the canary flies, parkouring off walls like a spy until he perches above you on the gold fishhook chandelier, his home base, gapped beak panting because you left the birdcage open, accidentally, of course. Now, holding a plastic pipette of medicinal water, your fingernail divides his beak and dribbles five drops in, whoops, six, one for good measure. His pale blue birdcage with windows, a fireplace, and a front door is built to look like a house. In your palms, you're holding a sick bird, as brittle as a dried out baby's breath. Yours, because your dad loves hearing canary songs, but he's never home. So like a seashell, you keep the songs in your ear canals. You whisper, stay, and we can whistle. All right. So my last poem uh, is based on what I imagine my mom was like when she was young. My mom, I know she was like really pretty, like too pretty for my dad, but. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always like to think about what she was like as a kid. So, <laughs> it's called 1980. At 16, she wore the clothes in the magazines. Her slender finger slipped across shiny pages until cascading cloth and straight stitches filled her eyes. Her mother, my grandmother, sewed her the blue model's dress and it dusted her ankles but when the wind blew, the fabric framed her skinny thighs. She passed by the girls her age holding flowers as she walked home from the butcher, carrying a parcel crossed with white string, filled with animal organs for her family soup. Her cheeks cut perfectly like glass, made rusty necks turn back towards her. Once, a stranger asked to take her picture to put in his photo store window. She looked at him and shook the word no. So when she tells me I am beautiful in the clothes I wear, I smile with the corners of my mouth stretched tight. I am no one's muse, but my mother still keeps a picture of me in her windowsill. <laughs>